Hey, welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Podcast, the podcast for and by female entrepreneurs in college. Today, we are delighted to have on Maria, founder of Bridge, a firm focused on bringing clarification and prioritization to firms and individuals. Maria embodies the power of cross-cultural communication. Maria came to China for her postgraduate studies at Fudan University and has been living in China for the past 11 years. She is the founder of the Global Women Entrepreneurship Network, a learning and sharing community focused on helping women entrepreneurs improve their personal and business skills. Maria also founded Monday Morning Motivation, a community for everyone who wants to develop healthy, meaningful, and sustainable habits through both online and offline events. Join us as we talk with Maria about how to create a meaningful impact, working across different cultures, and how to be your own best boss. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you today, Maria. Hi, thank you for having me. Amazing. So just to get started, we'd love to ask you, what is something that excites you when you wake up in the morning? Oh, wow. We're going right off the bat with the, with the hard questions. Um, what, excites <laughs> me, what excites me really is having the chance to do something that, that has an impact, really. Um, mm. Before becoming an entrepreneur, I had a couple of nine to five jobs and I'm sure people can, can relate to the fact that when you wake up and you dread going to the office or like you dread doing things that you don't feel have a purpose or you don't feel are aligned with what you do. And having known that, I, I'm trying to do my best never to feel that way again. So I really feel excited most days. I'm not perfect, so everybody has bad days, but most days I feel very excited to get up and do things that can help people and can generally bring more positive change to the world, really, um, because otherwise I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilling something that's in within me. Yeah, for sure. I think it's so important to have that motto and bigger picture in mind. It's so easy to get stuck in like the day-to-day like grind, um, but definitely having like that bigger picture for every day is definitely so important. I would love to hear more about what you do and for our audience that don't know you so well, uh, if you could give us a quick little bio of who you are. Absolutely. So I'm Maria Pastorelli. I've been in Shanghai for the past 11 years now. Um, I'm originally from Milan, Italy. Um, I moved here in February of 2010 to study at Fudan University. Um, as many people that you will hear from Shanghai, um, I, I, I had a six months ticket, so I was supposed to be here for six months. 11 years later, I'm still here. Um, that's the beauty <laughs> of Shanghai. Um, and what I do is I work in the coaching and training industry. I've been in the coaching and self and talent development industry for the past 10 years, um, before as an employee in an organizational development company. And then about five years ago, I went out on my own delivering trainings and coaching on a range of different topics. So I have a cross-cultural background. So I, I did and still do a lot of trainings on cross-cultural communication, how to get people from different backgrounds, from different uh, industries, from, from different countries to basically work better together and be more effective while understanding that cultures and communication styles are different. Um, I also do a lot of work with people on soft skills. So public speaking, confidence, um, negotiation, influencing. And then my third thing is about clarity and effectiveness. 
So I help people to get work done in a better way while being clear, clear on what their goals are. Uh, so anything that has to do with productivity, anything that has to do with road mapping, goal setting, and so on. So that's the bigger picture of what I do. And then I have a couple of things more to add to that because apparently that's not enough. And I do have a couple of communities here in Shanghai. Uh, one is called Monday Morning Motivation, which is about to turn two years old. Wow. Oh, amazing. Yes. Happy birthday. <laughs> well, I co-founded that with my friend Janine in May of 2019, and it's a community that now has about well, almost over 2,000 people, and it's a community for like-minded people, as the name says, Monday Morning Motivation. We try to help and spread a little bit more of positive um, ideas and um, inspiration for people. We do free webinars every Monday morning online at 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. China time. And then we organize also offline events that all have the theme of self-development and uh, understanding more about yourself and how you can learn more skills. And then my other community is a community that I founded with a couple of other people uh, in 2018, which is called Gwen, which is Global Women Entrepreneurs Network. Wow. So first of all, you are an absolute rock star. You seem to be doing everything above and beyond. And I love your story and what brought you here for so many reasons, not only because you came from like a Western background coming to Asia, wanting to be that bridge. I really resonate with that. So I have two questions uh, right off the bat. And the first one is in terms of communication skills and cross-cultural, I think right now in the news and the media, there's lots of talk around you know, different people from different places, even with COVID, people aren't understanding or sending out the right message. So if you'd like a microphone to the world to give one piece of advice as to what's a more effective way we can communicate between different cultures, what would you say? Well, I know I don't have five hours to talk about all of this, <laughs> but like just to summarize it. Um, sure. It's something I'm extremely passionate about and something that I've been working on for a long time. I think that maybe one piece of advice would be just very simply, don't assume. Like assuming that you know what other people are thinking, assuming that you know what other people are going through, assuming that you know what other people mean when they say something is probably the biggest pitfall of all. Because communication is all about how you portray a message, but it's also about how other people understand it. And whether we like it or not, those two things don't match many times and we don't realize that until it's too late. So like clarifying, asking questions, or just pausing for a moment to double check if you think you're assuming or if you actually have the information that you assume you do. It's something that is extremely simple to do, not easy because we forget. Uh, and it definitely can like lower the amount of misunderstanding in many contexts. It's not the only thing, but that's definitely like step one. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so important to remember. I would love to know more about how we can bring cross-cultural discussions and kind of your work into college campuses, because I think that that's such an important part and like to learn from each other is like such an important part of college. But sometimes people don't necessarily have the skills it takes to do that. What would you say is like your biggest advice for college students who want to get the most out of their experience? I would say that, for example, there's a colleague of mine who has written 
one of the books behind me. Um, and she works a lot in cross-cultural for companies. But uh, one of the things she always says, her name is Annette Dahl, she's from Denmark. And uh, she always says that um, like um, cross-cultural understanding comes from self-understanding first. She says it better. But the idea is that if we don't know where we're coming from, it's really hard to have a conversation with people that come from another background. So I don't know, honestly, for the work I do, I don't know how many people just sit and think about their own, for example, cultural background. I know that there are people who are very aware of that. I know people that maybe have never thought of that in depth or just, you know, never spoken out loud about it. So I think that for, for college students, uh, a good uh, starting point, instead of starting discussing what the differences are between you know people maybe a group exercise or like just with friends starting sharing what your background is what your perspective is and when you start sharing that people definitely learn more about you and then that might be a a starting point for a discussion because i feel especially these days it's it can be quite hard to create an opportunity for for dialogue without charging it right off the bat, right? And so coming from like, this is what I am sharing, like from a, from a sharing perspective might be easier to deal with. Again, of course, I'm generalizing a lot. It really depends on people's attitude and like what, what people want to put into it. But self-awareness yeah, analysis definitely comes first. That's amazing. So with this in mind, how do you use entrepreneurship or like innovative ideas to help approaches and solve these problems? These are issues I think we've been dealing with ever since the beginning of civilization, different clans and groups fighting. So how does that look like in the 21st century remotely entrepreneurship in the age of COVID? How do you use your skills and what do you do to help um, initiate this? Well, there's a, there's a very powerful idea, which is people are social, like uh, humans are social animals, right? So we like to be together with people who are like us. So there's a, a, a you know, an idea of like in-group and out-group. People that are like me are my, you know, my, my tribe and people who are not like me are my enemies. And for me in my entrepreneurial journeys, I noticed that I definitely tend to surround myself with people who are who are like-minded. Like that's why I, I, I have a couple of communities that I started because I wanted to find more people who were like me. And that definitely gives me the support and the strength to, you know, keep, keep innovating and keep having different ideas, both for my own work and both for the people that I work with. Um, I am a very introverted person. I recharge by being alone and not talking to people. I do that quite often, just not talking to anybody for a day. Um, but I do value a lot communication and community. So whether I'm working in my communities, whether I'm working on my coaching business, whether I'm, I'm helping someone, I do value perspectives from others. And in an, in an era, and especially in a couple of years where a lot of the connections have been severed because people are not getting together as much as they used to. We're extremely lucky. Uh, Ali knows that in Shanghai, we basically get to be 99% back to whatever the normal is. I know that in many other countries that is not possible yet. 
Um, I myself was locked out of China for seven months last year because I went back to Italy for Chinese New Year in January and was not able to come back until end of July. And I know how difficult it is to try and maintain connections when you can't meet people face to face. But knowing that there are connections and the connections can be made even remotely and even when you're not in person, it's an extremely powerful motivation and support that personally has really, really helped me. Like last year, I, I definitely was going through some tough times and I was very, very grateful to my friends and my support networks and my communities for, for helping me through that. Yeah, for sure. I resonate a lot with that. And I think that a lot of business models in general have had to adapt um, to like virtual connections and virtual communication too. I wonder, for your business specifically being to connect people and um, kind of like improving dialogue between people, how has COVID affected your business model? Uh, well, that's very interesting you ask. So I've been on my own for five years, but I was mostly delivering and working through other companies. So I was like getting clients and kind of like freelancing business model. And I, I, I had my own material, but I was not using it as much because, because that's how things were going. And then when I got locked out of China, of course, talent development, training, coaching, that is definitely not on the top three priorities when a pandemic hits. So lots of companies definitely downgraded their budget <laughs> and was not exactly you know, priority number one. Of course, priority number one was health, was safety, was employee, you know, like, uh, well-being. So a lot of my clients shifted their focus. And so did I. <laughs> and what I did is that I struggled with, with a little bit because um, the idea of entrepreneurship has always been interesting to me, but it's always been also quite scary. And it took me a few months, but then I decided to just open my own training and coaching and consulting company focused mostly on the clarity and effectiveness side of things. I still do everything else, but that's like the focus. And Ali, funnily enough, my company is called Bridge. <laughs> you said before you bridge between the culture. That's oh, my company. Oh yeah. In that I had to basically design a different business model, which instead of just working with the, the partners I had before, I am now shifting to a like a half in-person, half online business model. So I do trainings in person, I do coaching in person, but I also uh, have books out. I, I have online coaching and training, and that is how I'm trying to adapt. Also, I've always been a fan of being able to travel and work everywhere I am. So transitioning to a more flexible online style of business. And in this case, the pandemic kind of helped normalize working online because beforehand, I remember when we started Monday Morning Motivation in May of 2019, we had to tell people to download Zoom in order to access. And I do remember very, very vividly the first few months, people were very scared or very confused about Zoom. Now, I don't think there's anybody on the planet who has not heard or at least used Zoom once in the last two years. <laughs> Or even the last day. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to release this podcast, but right now we are filming this on a Monday. 
And you know what that means in your world. That is a Monday morning motivation. So I'm sorry, I I wasn't able or we weren't able to attend today, but I think from now on, we will definitely be tuning in. So if you could share with us what the Monday uh, Monday morning motivation was for today and why you created this community, what motivated you to start it in the first place and what sort of message you're trying to share with it. Sure. So today's was today's topic was actually a very, very well attended topic. I think we had about 40 people at 7 a.m. and like 40 people at 8 a.m., which is a relatively good number. Today was my good friend and leadership coach, John Azo. He was talking about how to unfuck yourself and get shit done, which I thought was a fantastic title. I was very excited to be hosting that. So relevant. So relevant. That hits home. And you know what? It all comes down. I'm just going to paraphrase his very good presentation, which was your mindset. Whether you think you can, you think you can, you're both right. It's, this is something that comes up a lot. And that is also one of the reasons why me and Janine started Monday Morning Motivation, because we're all smart people. Like we all know that healthy habits and eating healthy and exercising and being mindful and thinking about things and not rushing and not judging. We all know this because we hear it a lot, but then how do we practice it? That's a different story. So we sometimes need reminders. So in the community, we share often, you know, motivational videos or just quotes, or we do ask questions in the community to just get people to make it a daily practice. And I can definitely say that we also grow the audience in a couple of years, but definitely we can see that because we know the people who've been joining us for longer, we definitely know that some of those people have started to get, you know, up earlier on a Monday morning, at least, uh, or have, you know, started with healthy habits. And again, nobody's perfect. I was not a Monday per, a morning person. I now wake up around 5.30 more often than I am comfortable with, but I do it anyway because I enjoy not the waking up early. I enjoy the, the feeling of like getting things done early. Do you have any advice for anyone looking to become a morning person? <laughs> well, there's, there's something to say that not everybody is a morning person. I, I'm a very big proponent of not, you know, one size fits all. It's never the answer. But if you do want to start earlier in the day, uh, you can start with like one day a week. Like there's no point in starting, you know, from tomorrow, I'm going to wake up every single day at 4 a.m. It's not going to happen. Like it's just not. And the day that you're not going to wake up when you want you'll feel like a failure. You are not, but you will feel like it and your streak is over and then you'll just give up. So habit building 101 is start small. If you usually wake up at 9 a.m., maybe try to wake up an hour earlier. If you usually wake up at eight, try to wake up at seven. Like try one day a week to wake up a little bit earlier. And it really helps if you have something to look forward to whether that's, you know, your favorite outfit or your favorite breakfast or, I don't know, um, your favorite music as an alarm or joining a Monday morning motivation webinar. I don't know. Um, But it really helps if you have a, a reason and it could be a very, very simple reason. It doesn't have to be save the world, but something that can help you get out of bed with a little bit more purpose. And I know that especially in winter, it's not easy. I, I, I go exercise uh, with, a, with a local group of exercising called FitFam in Shanghai. And we do workouts at 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Uh, outside. 
And I can tell you that in the summer and spring, it's so much more populated than in winter. Nobody wants to be outside at 6 a.m. Gen in January when it's minus seven. So maybe I wouldn't start from there, but you know, getting small steps done, it's definitely like the way to do it. Absolutely. So on the topic of building habits and entrepreneurship, I'm curious to hear what habits do you think you built to become the entrepreneur you are, you are today? I basically built my practice of like coaching and training because I wanted to be a better person. So I feel that my biggest struggle, and that's why I, I work with a lot of people now on effectiveness and clarity. I struggle with that a lot myself. Um, backstory, uh, I went into entrepreneurship and freelancing because I was laid off from my last nine to five. I didn't like that uh, job, but I, I had a full-time job and that was you know, better, better than nothing. But when I got laid off, I was like, okay, what should I do now? And I really struggled with the transition from having someone tell me what to do most of the time to deciding what to do, that I was struggling with that quite a bit. And so that's where I started building habits of you know, goal, setting goals for myself or reaching out or going to work in another place instead of just being at home. And those small things really helped with the mindset because from, an, from a full-time job to an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey, it's a very big mindset shift. And there are people who are not comfortable with that shift and that's perfectly okay. But if you, if you want to make that shift, if you want to start that journey, in my opinion, it's really hard to go back because I, I really enjoy freedom and you know, doing, doing what I want. Although I do have clients, but you know, it's, I can still decide which clients to work with. Uh, but that shift is really, really powerful. And it, it takes a bit of time, both mindset wise, but also like, you know, how do you do now? You know, like you have to set up your own system. You have to set up the way you want to do things. And that's liberating, but it's also kind of scary because you are, have the power to decide everything. Absolutely. I also think you mentioned a really great point now about like once you become an entrepreneur, once you adapt that mindset, it's hard to go back. Look, I, I, I can only speak personally. I can definitely say that uh, for me, unless absolutely necessary in a very dire situation, I'm not looking forward to going back to working for someone else anytime soon, possibly ever. Never say never because I don't know what the future has on hold, but I'm doing my best to set myself up so that I will never have to work for anyone ever again. Um, but I, I also know people who have, done the, have done the journey back. I've known people who have quit their job, started businesses. The business was not doing terribly, but it was not doing as well as they wanted it to be. And they found it safer or more comfortable going back to a nine to five. And I think that's also a choice. I, I, I definitely think that if you're comfortable with that, it's, it's best for you to not lose your mind and sanity over an entrepreneurial journey. It's definitely a get out of your comfort zone place. And for me, that's what is challenging and interesting. I really do love doing something different every day or at least having the freedom to do it. It's not as exciting as you know going on a trip every day, but you do get to shape the path you want to go to. So I would not go back, no. And I do, I do, this is something that maybe for your audience, if I do definitely encourage everybody to try 
like to do your own thing, whether it's a side business, whether it's a small project, because then you develop a taste for it. And then you can decide that's not for you. Great. But if you never tried it, it's, it's really hard to, to, to decide, like, I will never be an entrepreneur because I'm not made for it or because someone told me that I can't do it or because everybody I know has a nine to five. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're kind of hitting on the point of entrepreneurship as well. I think some people see like going from full on entrepreneurship, you're doing completely everything to yourself to maybe going into more of a bigger company or a corporate world as like a regression. But in many ways, I think entrepreneurship is sort of like a graph, like a stock market goes up and down, up and down and you're in different flows. And sometimes it's about like being creative. It's not necessarily like you're the boss of yourself. It's like you can be a creative type or you can pioneer a new project even within thing, within an organization. Like I know um, L'Oreal, for example, has a really, really great entrepreneurship program where it's like a huge company, but they've got lots of little side projects and businesses where they really foster that entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's all about the mindset, really, because entrepreneurship really is about you are responsible for whatever you're doing and you can make decisions. Um, so that can be applied to a small side business. It can be applied to making your own company. It can be applied to run your own department, can be applied to your team. It really, the mindset can be applied to everything. And just for, for, for language sake, we do say that entrepreneurs and you know, business owners are people who have their own company. But that mindset is really flexible and can be can be applied to other things as well. Yeah, for sure. I think it's so important to remind like remind ourselves that entrepreneurship doesn't have to like look a certain way or be a certain way. And that it can kind of um, implement itself in a lot of different mechanisms in different ways, for sure. Shifting gears slightly, I would love to know more about maybe a time you've experienced failure or how your entrepreneurial journey kind of shaped your definition of failure. Hmm. Well, as someone who's crippling afraid of failure, that happens very, very often. <laughs> um, I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago about one of the first uh, group program, group coaching programs that I run last year during lockdown. Um, that was one of the first ones that I was doing on my own. So like my idea, my concept, everything was mine. I was not delivering for anybody else. And it didn't go, it, it didn't, well, when it didn't go terribly, but it didn't really go as well as I hoped it would. Um, and I felt terrible because I thought, well, this was my idea and my idea is not panning out. And I started really be very, very critical of myself. And here's where community comes in. And I asked friends to join and I did ask them to, you know, give me your feedback very honestly, please, because I do want to get better. And where I was seeing a lot of flaws, they helped me see what could I improve and what I could have done better. And I run it five times since, and it's only gotten better with times. So what, from my very, very strong fear of failure, what I'm, I'm, I've learned and I'm still learning is to always keep a growth mindset in mind. And it's easier to say than to actually do, but all the time that you feel that you failed at something, it's a very good opportunity to stop and think, okay, can't change the past, it's done now. Obsessing over it won't help, but what could you do better? Uh, there's a, one of my coach and trainers and uh, he always has this couple of questions to review what you've done, which is what went well and why, what could be better and how. 
And those are two very, very simple questions that you always can ask yourself once you feel that you either made a mistake or that something didn't go as well as you think it could. And focusing both on the positive, because sometimes we forget to focus that not 100% things were terrible, something was good. And then framing it in a future, in a future um, journey path, you know, like what can you do better in the future? Um, yeah, worrying about failure or being afraid of failure doesn't help. We're all human, so we all do it, but it's, it's the reframing that, that really helped me personally. I think that's such a beautiful way of putting it. People oftentimes kind of like run in the other direction of failure. And I think just reframing the way you think about it is, is so key to understanding and growing from it. Yeah. I would love to learn more about how your company how the way that you deal with failure as an individual kind of translates to the way your team or how your company deals with failure as a whole. Well, I this well, I really had to push myself out of my comfort zone to to decide to open my company. And at the moment, I work with a lot of partners, but I don't have a team because I'm a, basically a solopreneur. Um, but what I do with failure is that I'm trying to push myself to take a little bit more of like the lean startup approach, which is like, do it and then change whatever's not working. So instead of agonizing for months about how to make the perfect coaching program, about how to make the perfect book and how to make the perfect website, how to find the perfect client, that will never happen if I keep thinking about it. If I don't do anything about it, I, it, it, won't, it won't happen. Like it's, it's me. So if I don't go out and start talking to people, even if I don't have 100% of my pitch deck done, or if my website is not perfectly done with all the shades and all the buttons that it has to have, if it's 80% good, I'll do it. And then I'll figure out what to change later based on feedback. It's for someone who has a lot of perfectionist tendencies, it's very scary. It's very, very scary. But I'm, I'm training myself of finding it less scary every time. Because if I'm only in my head, it's nothing will ever get done. So that's my way of, of seeing the failure as an opportunity. If, I don't know if you, if you ladies are familiar with uh, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, there's a kind of, of a few things that are basics to that, which is there's no failure, failure, there's only feedback, which is a good way of reframing that as well. That is amazing. I've never heard that exact saying, failure is form of feedback. Um, so just to get a little specific, what is the best failure feedback that you've received? <sighs> well... Actually, it was, <laughs> it was that I was not good at running a company. <laughs> One of my first bosses, she was my mentor and she taught me a lot of things I know about coaching and training. And I was running a small project at the time. This was a few years ago, almost 10 years ago. And she was, I, I made mistakes. I, I wasn't communicating well with people. I I was not keeping track of everything and it was my responsibility. And then we had a feedback session and she was like, look, I think you have a lot of talent, but I don't think you're really, really suited for running like things like that. Like, so I don't think you should be running your own company. And wow. I think, I think like she meant moment. it. 
I think she meant it. I think she was very genuine because at that time with that attitude that I had, I would probably have made a terrible job at running my own company. But I think that that always stayed in the back of my mind of like, you know what? Maybe I can't now, but what if I learn? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> Growth mindset. Exactly. As you said. As we begin to like wrap up the podcast, we have a couple of questions we love to ask our guests, starting off with what is something that you are grateful for today? Well, today I'm really grateful uh, for the support of all the people that I have met in my whole my journey. Um, I, I think that while I'm not someone who believes in fate or like destiny, I do believe that I'm, I'm getting better at making the best of everything that happens to me. And also I'm very grateful for you two ladies who have started this podcast because I love oh. to talk about stuff. And so I'm always happy to be on, on, on places where I get to share my mistakes and how I've dealt with them. And so that if that can be helpful to anybody else, I'm, I'm just so excited about it. <laughs> That just made my day thank you so much seriously it really means so much especially coming from you who's built up incredible entrepreneurial communities and networks it's it's, it's really really meaning a lot thank you um our next question is what is something that you love about yourself today what i love about myself is that i can deal with most things better than i tell myself that i can so I, I, I'm pretty resilient and I can deal with, with problems and coming up with solutions, not 100% of the times, but most times to a good standard. So I'm very, very happy about that. And I'm, that's been serving me well so far. And so that's what I love about myself today. That's a great question, by the way. Very good. Thank you. It's one of our favorites because it really gets people to think a little bit more. Um, and to end us off, if you could pick a sentence or a couple words to explain what it means to be an entrepreneur to you, what would those be? I think being an entrepreneur, it's all about possibilities. And you can, you can choose anything you want to, really, as long as you are willing to do the work for it. There's, there's really no limits to, to what you can do. And with that, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. For our audience who want to find you, where can they reach you or where, they, where can they connect with you and your business? Um, so the easiest way would probably be to find me on LinkedIn or my website. Um, my name is Maria Pastorelli and maybe we can just like sh share that somewhere. We'll link it below. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, my personal website or my LinkedIn and uh, that would be the easiest. In China, it's WeChat, but you know, for everywhere else is emails and websites. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you learned a lot and got some inspiration from Maria. Be sure to check out our past and future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now to stay updated with what's going on in the Entrepreneur Podcast Network. Join our community on Instagram, LinkedIn, and feel free to reach out to us to share your entrepreneurial journey.